Today we are going to take a look at the book of Daniel chapter 7 and today's lesson is entitled Daniel's Vision of the Four Great Beasts. The book of Daniel is a very interesting book. It was written approximately 2,600 years ago. It has a lot of prophecy and some of those prophetic events have still not happened. The book of Daniel has 12 chapters. The first six, the first half of the book is historical and primarily the second half are prophetical. In the book of Daniel chapter seven, this chapter has 28 verses and the first 14 verses deal with the vision that God gives to Daniel. And the second 14 verses, verses 15 through 28, deal with the angel who provides Daniel with an interpretation of the vision. Now the book of Daniel has the 12 chapters, but they're not all chronological. Daniel lived through the reign of four different kings. The first one was Nebuchadnezzar, and he took the reign approximately 605 BC after his father died and after Jerusalem had already been conquered. The second king that Daniel lived through was Belshazzar, and he was the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar. He was the king who was defeated by Darius the Median. Darius, so would, he would be the third king that Daniel served under. And then at the end of Daniel's life, he also served under Cyrus the Great. We don't know exactly when Daniel died. He lived approximately 90 to 100 years. And there's a guesstimate that he was born approximately 624 B.C., so that means he would have lived to approximately 534, 524 before Christ. The chapters of the book of Daniel, the first four are in order. Chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4, they were all under Nebuchadnezzar. Then chapter 7, which we're going to look at, this is the first chapter that was under the reign of Belshazzar. So chapter 7 is not in order. The first four are in chronological order. Then the book jumps to chapter 7, if you're following the timeline of Daniel. Then it goes to chapter 8, and then it drops back to chapter 5, which is the handwriting on the wall. This is the night when Belshazzar actually is killed by Darius. Then chapter 9 is the first chapter in the life of Darius. And then chapter 6, we, we go back to chapter 6, which would be the second chapter in the book of Daniel while Darius was the king. And then finally, under Cyrus, Daniel writes chapters 10, 11, and 12. So if you look at it, it's chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, under Nebuchadnezzar, then 7, 8, and chapter 5, under Belshazzar, then chapter 9 and chapter 6, under Darius, and then finally chapters 10, 11, and 12, under Cyrus. Also, the book of Daniel is interesting in that it is the only book that has chapters that are in the Arabic language. Chapters two through seven were written in the Arabic language. So let's take a look in closer detail at this chapter. If we think about a coin with two sides, one side of that coin would be the vision that Nebuchadnezzar had in Daniel chapter two. There was this great statue that he saw in his vision and the statue had four distinctive qualities. It had a head of gold, it had a chest area with the two arms that were silver, and then it had a stomach area that was brass, 
and then finally it had the two legs that were made out of iron and the ten toes which were made out of clay. As Daniel interpreted this dream for Nebuchadnezzar, it was revealed that this was four kingdoms that were about to be discussed. The first kingdom was Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar, and he was the king at that time when he had this dream. His kingdom would be replaced by the Medo-Persians after the death of Belshazzar, and that kingdom would reign for approximately 180 years. They would then be defeated by the third kingdom, which was Alexander the Great. The Medo-Persians represent the silver chest and arms, and then Alexander the Great represents the brass stomach area. And then finally, Alexander the Great's kingdom, which lasted approximately 200 years, was defeated by the Roman kingdom. Now what's interesting about the Roman kingdom, which is represented by these two iron legs, is that they were really never defeated. They ended up dividing the kingdom, the domain, into Rome, which was one capital, and then they had the second capital in what is now modern-day Turkey, and Constantinople was the name of the city. Nobody really ever defeated Rome, and in the future, a future event to us, as we're listening and reading this chapter 7, is the Antichrist will put back together this Roman nation, and he will have his final battles against Jesus. So let's look with that as the background, one side of the coin being the vision that God gave to Nebuchadnezzar. Chapter 7 is the other side of that coin, which gives more detail, but rather than being a statue with four distinct components, God reveals these future events as four great beasts. The first beast will be the lion, the second beast will be the bear, the lion being Babylon, the bear being Medo-Persia, the third kingdom will be a leopard, and that will be Alexander the Great, and then the fourth kingdom, which is this terrible beast that really has qualities that are fearful. This represents the Roman kingdom, which will be put back together in the future under the authorityship of the Antichrist. So let's look at Daniel chapter 7, verse 1. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel is sleeping. He wakes up from this dream. Many times we wake up from a dream, but we roll over and go back to sleep. Daniel got out of bed and he wrote down what this dream, what he could remember. In this writing, he told the sum of the matters, which he shares with us in the rest of the verses of this chapter. Now also please note that Belshazzar is the king. This is the first year of his reign, and he only reigned a few years before he was defeated. So he only has a few more years left to live at the time of this writing. Daniel chapter 7, verse 2. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven strove upon the great sea. We see many times in movies the ocean when it's under a storm and how the waves get huge and, and if there happens to be a ship in the water, they crash over them. This is what 
Daniel sees in his dream. It's a terrible great sea that's under the torment of these four winds and the four winds representing all of the earth. And the great sea in the Bible many times represents people groups. Revelation 7.1, for example, says, And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. So we see that the four corners of the earth cover all of the peoples, all of the groups, all the nations, all the languages. So everybody in the earth will be impacted by these kingdoms. Daniel 7.3 And four great beasts came up from the sea, divers one from another. Daniel in his vision sees four great beasts, one after another, and they're diverse, they're different. Each one has different qualities from one another. Daniel chapter 2, going back to Nebuchadnezzar's vision, verses 32 and 33 say, This image, this is the statue he's speaking of, this image's head was fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. Daniel chapter 2, God defines these four kingdoms. And now Daniel chapter 7 gives us additional detail. Verse 4, the first beast was like a lion and had eagle's wings. And I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man. And a man's heart was given to it. This first beast, which represents Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom of Babylon, is represented as a lion. And this lion has wings. And that depicts how quickly this kingdom came about and into world dominion. But do you notice that the wings are plucked off? The power of this kingdom of this king in particular, Nebuchadnezzar, is taken away. If you remember in Daniel chapter four, Nebuchadnezzar has the dream of the tall tree. And in that dream, Nebuchadnezzar is banished into the wild, into the field for seven years. And that's speaking of a future event that was about to happen to Nebuchadnezzar to God be the glory, at the end of that, Nebuchadnezzar appears to have salvation. He repents of his sin and gets saved. And that's what it's saying here that the wings were plucked. He was lifted up from the earth and made to stand upon the feet as a man. Lions, when they are on the prowl, they're on all four feet. He is made to stand upon the feet as a man. And do you notice a man's heart was given to him? When he became saved, he had a heart of flesh. Ezekiel 13, 26 says, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. When we become saved, God takes that stony heart of unbelief and replaces it with a living heart of flesh. We're born again. We come into the kingdom. Isaiah chapter 13, verses 17 through 19 say, Behold, this is speaking of Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. I will stir up the Medes against them 
which shall not regard silver. And as for gold, they will not delight in it. Their bows also shall dash the young men to pieces, and they shall have no pity on the fruit of the womb. Their eye shall not spare children. And Babylon, the glory of the kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldees' excellency, shall be even as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. In this verse from Isaiah, God is revealing the prophecy that this huge city, this awesome city of Babylon, would one day be like Sodom and Gomorrah. If we were to travel to the Dead Sea, all that we would find is sulfur pellets in the sand there near the Dead Sea. God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah and destroyed it by raining down sulfur and brimstone from heaven. And in the same way, if you go back and look at Babylon today, it's a city of just ruins. Daniel chapter 7, verse 5. And behold, another beast, a second, like to a bear. And it raised up itself on one side. And it had three ribs in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. Here we see this great kingdom of Babylon is defeated by the Medo-Persians. And what they had done is they had diverted the water from the river feeding this great city. And when they diverted the water, the army of Medo-Persia was able to go under the walls of that great city. And because Belshazzar was having this drunken feast, he was actually assassinated that night. The Medo-Persians were able to take this great city of Babylon with minimal fighting. And it says, this bear raised up itself on one side. This is representative of this bond between the nations of Medo and Persia. But Persia being the strong country at this point, it's the one side of the bear having the power. And you notice it says it had three ribs in the mouth of it. Medo-Persia was very successful in defeating Babylon and also Lydia, and they went down and had a successful conquest also of Egypt. So perhaps these three ribs in the mouth of this bear represent Babylon, Lydia, and also Egypt. Daniel 5.2 says, Perez, this is the dream, the handwriting on the wall that Daniel interprets for Belshazzar. And Perez says, the kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. So that very prophecy was fulfilled in that evening. Daniel chapter 7 verse 6. After this I beheld, and lo, another, like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast also had four heads, and a dominion was given to it. So this third beast is a leopard. Leopards are known for their speed. And this leopard has four wings of a fall upon it. Do you notice the lion of Babylon only had two wings? This one has four wings showing how fast this kingdom came into power. And this kingdom is representative of Greece, of Macedonia, of Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great, if you look at his history, he was taught by Aristotle when he was 13 years old. He was a very learned young man. At 16, he was in the army of his father, the king. At 18, he was the top general of the armies of his father. At 20, he became the ruling king 
of the kingdom. At 26, he had conquered the total world. Alexander the Great never lost a battle. And by the time he was 32, he died right before his 33rd birthday. So he was a very successful king, but his life was very short. And everything he did was very quick. So this leopard had four wings, but do you notice it says here, the beast also had four heads. After Alexander the Great died, his kingdom was divided and each one of his four top generals took a quarter of the kingdom. And that's what it means here. The beast also had four heads and dominion was given to it. Daniel chapter eight, verse eight, the next chapter of the book of Daniel. Therefore, the he-goat, in this chapter, Alexander the Great's kingdom is represented as the he-goat. Therefore, the he-goat waxed very great. And when he was strong, the great horn was broken. This represents the death of Alexander the Great. And for it came up four notable ones toward the four winds of heaven. These four notable ones that came up are the four generals who took over the kingdom of Alexander the Great. Daniel chapter 7, verse 7. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth, and it devoured and break in pieces, and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. Now this vision is the resurrection of the Roman kingdom, which had never been defeated. And we see here that this fourth beast is dreadful and more terrible and strong exceeding than the other three kingdoms. And it has great iron teeth. These are teeth that will not break. A lion, when it gets old, its teeth will break as it conquers its enemies and its foes. Here it says, it devoured and break into pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. It was diverse from all the other beasts. And you notice this one has 10 horns. These are the 10 kingdoms that the Antichrist is going to rule. Most Bible theologians believe that these 10 horns represent the 10 kingdoms that had been under Rome, for example, Germany or Spain or England, and they're gonna come back together. Back in Daniel chapter two, in the vision that Nebuchadnezzar had, verse 41, and whereas thou sawest the feet and toes, part of the potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided. This is speaking of the Roman dynasty. The kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of iron. For as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay, and as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. This kingdom has been in dormancy for approximately 800 years. Constantinople has really had little power. It's been replaced by Istanbul in Turkey. And of course, in Rome, the Catholic Church has assumed much of the power. Daniel chapter 7, verse 8. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were the eyes like the eyes of man, 
and of a mouth speaking great things. So this verse here is talking about there came up this little horn. This little horn is representative of the Antichrist. And it says, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked. This terrible beast has 10 horns. An 11th horn comes up, the little horn, which is the Antichrist. And he plucks up three of these other 10 horns by the roots. It seems he defeats these kings. So now there's seven of these kings of these horns plus the Antichrist. And it says this Antichrist had the eyes of man. Well, what do we do with our eyes? We look and we see. And this Antichrist is going to have eyes that see all over. And it seems to make you think of the internet. There is so much data on the internet today. The data is being married into our lives. It's interesting because science wants to be able to take these microtrips from the computers and actually marry them, mesh them into our DNA. And they have goals of doing this before 2050. Many of us listening to this message will be alive at that time. And perhaps this is the mark of the beast. The eyes of man. And he has a mouth speaking great things. The great things that he's speaking of are against God, against God's kingdom. When we look at history, recent history in World War II, Adolf Hitler spoke great things and he was able to motivate the nation of Germany to follow him. Well, this Antichrist is going to speak great things and he's not gonna just have certain countries follow him. He will have the total world follow him. He will have a one world government. Daniel chapter seven, verse eight. I considered the horns and lo, behold, there came up among them another little horn. Daniel 12, verse four. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. This verse from chapter 12 of Daniel complements Daniel 7, 8. It says, many shall run to and fro. In Daniel's time, you couldn't travel the world like we do. Today, you can get an airline ticket and fly to China from America and be there in 12 hours. You couldn't do that in Daniel's time. And it also says in the end times, knowledge shall be increased. We have so much knowledge available at our fingertips by just putting it into a Google search engine. Let me read that verse again because it's so prescient of the future. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. In other words, this is speaking of the end times. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. Dear listeners, we're at the end time. The Lord can return at any time. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse four speaking of the Antichrist, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped, so that he, as God, sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. This is the very abomination of desolation, where the Antichrist sets up his image in the temple that's going to be rebuilt in Jerusalem, and he declares himself to be God. 
Revelation 12, verse 3, it says, And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his head. What Satan wants to do is mimic the trinity of our true God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Satan, as the dragon, represents the Father. The Antichrist, who's a human being, represents Jesus. And then the false prophet, who's also a human being, represents the Holy Spirit. So we have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit mimicked by the devil, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. Daniel chapter 7, verse 9. I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. So now Daniel in the vision, it shifts from these four great beasts into the vision of heaven where he sees the Ancient of Days sitting on his throne. The Ancient of Days is the Father, God the Father. And it says his garment was white as snow and the hair of his head like pure wool. He's sitting on this throne that's a fiery flame and his wheels as burning fire, the wheels being the very legs of his throne of the chair of his throne, our burning fire. You know, the Bible says God is a consuming fire. And that's why we can't see him. No man has seen God at any time. And yet Daniel in his vision sees the Father. God allows him a glimpse, a peek into heaven here. Deuteronomy 33 verse 27 says, the eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms and he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee and shall say, destroy them. One day, God is going to judge. Jesus will come back and he will usher in the physical kingdom of God. Daniel chapter seven, verse 10, a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. This is speaking of the father on the throne. Thousand thousands ministered unto him. A thousand times a thousand is a million. Here it says thousand thousands ministered unto the Father. That means there's millions that are ministering unto him. And then it goes on to say 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. Well, 10,000 times 10,000 is a hundred million. Not only will there be millions ministering to the Father, but there's going to be a hundred million standing before him. These are the Christians. Listener, are you going to be one of those hundred million and have the privilege of standing before the throne? And then this verse 7 verse 10 goes on to say, the judgment was set and the books were opened. All of us have to appear before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account for what we've done in our body, our minds, every word, every idle word we speak, we have to give an account. And here, this is the judgment day. And it says the books were opened. These are the books where the recording angel writes down everything we've ever said, done, our attitudes we have in life, the impacts that we have on other people and their lives. 
they are all written in the books. Malachi chapter 3.16 says, Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. God has a special book of life, and the Lord remembers those that fear him. Do you fear the Lord today? Do you know the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the holy, of his holy Bible, is understanding? We need to fear God to have a right relationship with him. Revelation 20 verse 12, speaking of that great white throne judgment, and I saw the dead, these are the unsaved, the lost, the ones who will go into the lake of fire. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Dear listener, there will be degrees of punishment in the lake of fire. The more evil a person does, the more he will suffer the consequence into eternity. But do you notice it says another book was opened, which is the book of life. There's a verse in the Bible that says, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. If you're saved, your name is in the book of life. If you die without repenting before Jesus, without receiving his gift of eternal life. Your name will not be in the book of life. It will be blotted out. And then you will have to suffer the consequence of eternity in the lake of fire. Daniel 7 verse 11. I beheld then because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake. This is the Antichrist, the little horn. I beheld even till the beast was slain and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. Here on the judgment day, the Antichrist is called the beast and he will be slain and his body is destroyed. But do you notice it's given to the burning flame? The Antichrist and the false prophet become the first two that are cast into the lake of fire. They don't go into hell. Their soul does not go to hell. They are the first two who populate the lake of fire. And we know this from Revelation chapter 19, verse 20, where it says, And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet, that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that had worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. So here in Daniel, he sees the vision of the Antichrist and the false prophet standing before God. He says, I beheld even till the beast was slain and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. Daniel chapter 7 verse 12, as concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. So here we see there's still seven of these thrones, seven of these kingdoms 
seven of these kings who are still alive at this period, at the end of the seven-year tribulation. The Antichrist is killed, but God allows these other kings to live for a season and a time. Now, we know from the Bible a time is one year and a season is part of a year. So why does God allow them to live for another time and a season? Perhaps because God is long-suffering and he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. See, God is rich in mercy, and even these wicked people, he does not want to see any go into the lake of fire. Matthew 24, verse 22 says, And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. The Bible teaches that there's going to be this period of seven years of tribulation and the last three and a half years, the last 42 months will be very destructive. It's when this Antichrist beast has his full power and he kills many of the people living on the earth, especially Christians. There will be many martyrs for Jesus during this three and a half year period. And God says in this verse, except the days be shortened, except the days be limited to this three and a half year period, this 42 month period, no flesh would be saved. The Antichrist would have killed everyone. Remember the devil has one goal, that's to get your soul into hell. And everyone who took the mark of the beast, they could not be redeemed. They could not be saved. So the more quickly that Satan could kill those people with the mark, the more he has his end game, his goal in mind fulfilled. Daniel chapter seven, verse 13. And I saw in the night visions and behold, one like the son of man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him. So now Daniel is relating that in this night vision, he sees Jesus. Jesus is called the son of man. And he came in the clouds of heaven and he came to the ancient of days. So Jesus comes before his father in the clouds of heaven. And Daniel has the privilege of recording this vision. And it says these angels brought Jesus near before the father. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 25, verse 31, when the son of man shall come in his glory and all the angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. Jesus is coming again. Do you believe this? The Bible instructs us and teaches us if all of these visions that Daniel had from 2,500 years ago and they have all come true, certainly you can believe that Jesus is coming again. Daniel chapter 7 verse 14. This is speaking of Jesus. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. So this verse teaches us that when Jesus comes back and he ushers into his kingdom, it will first start with the 1,000 year reign on the earth, the millennial kingdom, 
and that will go into the new heaven and the new earth. This Bible verse teaches us this is an everlasting dominion. It shall not pass away. Nothing will ever destroy our Lord Jesus' kingdom. Psalm 110 verse 1 says, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. David wrote this psalm, and he's speaking of God the Father, Lord, capital L-O-R-D, Jehovah. The Lord the Father said unto Jesus, Sit thou at my right hand. Do you know Jesus right now is seated at the right hand of the Father? The Father is saying to Jesus in this Psalm verse, Psalm 110 verse 1, Until I make thine enemies thy footstool. One day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Will you be bowing and confessing Jesus as a Christian? Or will you be bowing and confessing him as Lord as someone lost and headed for the lake of fire? Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Jesus has all the power. He has all the power to save, and he has all the power to cast into hell. When Jesus rose from the dead, he took the keys of death and hell and of destruction. Whoever Jesus looses from hell, he's saved. Anybody who Jesus casts into the lake of fire is eternally lost. Jesus holds the keys. Daniel chapter 7, verse 15. Now this is the second half of the 28 verses where he goes to the angel for the interpretation. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. So now the vision is complete, and Daniel is very much troubled. He really wants to know what this vision means. Think about Daniel's life. He's perhaps 65 or 70 years old at this point. He was a teenager when he was taken as a prisoner by Nebuchadnezzar when he conquered Jerusalem. And he has faithfully served our Lord and God, praying three times a day. Remember, he was cast into the lion's den for following the Lord and praying to him three times a day. Jesus had a very close relationship with Daniel. And the Lord spoke to him in this vision. And now Daniel wants to know the interpretation. He's troubled by this great vision. He knows it's important. And now he's going to ask for revelation. Luke 19, verses 41 and 42 says, And when he was come near, this is speaking of Jesus at Jerusalem, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. Jesus was weeping over Jerusalem because he was their Messiah. He was their king. He was their savior. And yet he was blinded from their eyes. Their wickedness, their rejection of him as their king had blinded them 
by the evil of their intentions. And Jesus was weeping over their lost condition. Here, Daniel, he's grieved in his spirit because he knows there's eternal consequences of his vision. And now he wants to have it made known to him. Daniel chapter 7, verse 16. This is Daniel speaking. I came near unto one of them, one of these angels that's in the vision. I came near unto one of them that stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made me know the interpretation of the things. So Daniel asks an angel for an interpretation and God allows the angel to give Daniel the interpretation. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 3 and 4 says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. The Bible is asking us a very specific question. How will we escape the damnation of the lake of fire if we neglect the so great salvation that Jesus offers us? Do you know when you're saved, it's through God's grace? The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Have you received Jesus' gift? Today is December 17th, 2018. So Christmas is eight days away, and we celebrate Christmas as the birth of Jesus Christ. And Jesus came to the earth to save us. The Bible teaches us the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Are you saved today? What a wonderful time of the year to be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, whosoever, that includes you if you're not saved, whosoever believeth in him should not perish into hell, but have everlasting life with Jesus in his kingdom. Daniel chapter 7, verse 17. This is the angel explaining to Daniel his vision. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings, which shall arise out of the earth. So these four kings are going to come out of the earth. They're not demons. They're not fallen angels. The Bible says we all came out of the earth. Remember, dust you are, and unto dust you shall return. Each one of these kings are human beings. They are four kings which shall arise out of the earth. Daniel chapter 2, verse 37 says, Thou, O king, art a king of kings. He's speaking to Nebuchadnezzar. For the God of heaven has given thee a kingdom, power and strength and glory. So here, this book of Daniel chapter 2 is speaking of Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel's doing the interpretation of his dream and says, you are one of these four kings. Daniel chapter 8, 20 through 23, this is speaking of Darius, the king of Media and Persia. The ram which thou sawest having two horns, the two horns representative of Medo-Persia, 
are the kings of Media and Persia. And the rough goat, this is Alexander the Great, the rough goat is the king of Grecia. And the great horn that is between his eyes is the first king. This is Alexander the Great. Now that being broken, after he dies, whereas four stood up for it, his four generals, four kingdoms shall stand up out of that nation, but not in his power. In other words, these four generals who replace Alexander the Great will never have his stature and power as he had it consolidated in one man. Now let's go to Revelation chapter 13, verse 2. This is speaking of the beast. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave his power and his seat and great authority. So this beast, this Antichrist, he actually has all of this power of the leopard, Alexander the Great, of the bear, Darius and Medo-Persia, and of the lion of Nebuchadnezzar. This Antichrist is going to have more authority and power than all of these other three kings combined. And it says, the dragon gave him his power. The dragon is Satan. This dragon is a roaring lion. You know, the Bible warns us, the devil as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour. Are you saved today? Or is Satan looking to devour your soul? The Bible calls Satan many names. He's the dragon, Lucifer, Belzebub, the roaring lion, Lucifer, the morning star, many, many names, Lord of the flies. Here he's called the dragon. And this dragon gives the Antichrist his power and his seat and his great authority. This is going to be a wicked kingdom during those seven years of tribulation. Daniel 7, verse 18. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. After Jesus returns, he will usher in his kingdom. And do you notice this half of a verse says forever, even forever and ever? Do you think God wants it make known that his kingdom is an eternal kingdom? If the Bible said it once forever, we would know it's true because the Bible is true. And yet God stresses not just one time forever. He says, even forever and ever. Wow. You can take this verse and it is the rock of our salvation. Jesus is our eternal life. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, this is speaking of the future event as in the present, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Believer, if you are truly saved, today you are already seated in the heavenlies with Christ. And for us in the flesh, that's a future event. But see, God has no time. He's not limited to the 2018. It says we are already seated in the heavenlies with Christ. That's present tense. And then this verse goes on to say that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ 
Jesus. The reason we are brought into the kingdom and brought into the heavenlies to be seated with Christ before his throne is for God's glory, for his honor. All of us are here to bring glory to Jesus' kingdom. Daniel chapter 17, verse 19. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron and his nails of brass, which devoured breaking pieces and stamped the residue with his feet. So now Daniel, he's focused on this fourth beast. He knows there's something very different about this fourth beast, that it's not just the power simply of a man like Nebuchadnezzar or Darius or Alexander the Great. He says, I want to know the truth of this fourth beast being different from all the others. And he was exceeding scary and dreadful and terrible. Revelation 12, verse 3 and 4 give us more information about the Antichrist. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, that's Satan, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head, and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven. These are the angels. Satan convinces a third of the angels to follow him and they become demons. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. You know, that's why there's so much demonic activity on the earth today. One third of the angels are demons and they have the ability to tempt on the earth. And this verse goes on to say, and the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon it was born. This great Satan, this great dragon, his purpose is to defeat Jesus, her baby. This woman is Mary, was about to deliver, but it also speaks to us in the future as Christians. Satan wants to kill all Christians. Remember, the Christians will not take the mark of the beast in the future. And this will really make the Antichrist angry. And he wants to kill every Christian. Daniel chapter 7, verse 20. And of the ten horns that were in his head, and of the other which came up, and before whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes, and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. This verse is all about the Antichrist. It talks about him defeating these three kings and having horn full of eyes. The Antichrist is going to have so much power to know everything about all the things that we have done. And he's going to overcome anyone who tries to usurp his authority. And it says he was more stout than his fellows. He's going to be the dictator of the world. And stout, speaking of his pride, he speaks great blasphemous things against God and the saints. Daniel chapter 7, verse 21. And I beheld, and the same horn, this is the Antichrist, the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them. This Antichrist is going to go to war with anybody who's a Christian and he's going to kill them. It says here he prevailed against them. Revelation 13, 7 goes on to teach us, and it was given unto him, the Antichrist, 
to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. This Antichrist will be a one-world dictator, more vicious than any dictator who's ever lived. You think about how wicked Hitler, Adolf Hitler, was during World War II and how consumed he was with evil and killing the Jewish nation. This Antichrist will make Hitler look like a choir boy. Daniel chapter 7, verse 22. Until the Ancient of Days came. The Ancient of Days being the Father. The Antichrist will have his rule until the Father says enough is enough. Until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. And the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Do you notice this verse is saying that judgment is given to the saints? Do you know if you're a Christian today, one day you will judge? You will judge the angels and you will judge the nations. Now, we will at that time have a glorified body. If I were to judge somebody now, I would be persuaded by my own selfish motives. But once we have a glorified body, we can no longer sin. We will be totally doing the will of God. So everything that the Father instructs us to do, we will do it perfectly in God's will. So when we judge, we will be judging totally in God's will. And that's a wonderful privilege to have. Revelation chapter 20 verse 4a actually goes on to explain, And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. The Lord will allow the saints, and I don't know how many that will be, but certainly certain of the saints will be given the power to judge. Daniel chapter 7 verse 23. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. So this angel further explains to Daniel, this fourth beast, the Antichrist, who's filled with the power of the devil, actually becomes devil-possessed. He shall break down and devour all over the earth. Daniel chapter 7, verse 24. And the ten horns out of his kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall rise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. So in this vision, these ten horns on this beast, this terrifying dragon, are the ten kings, and then the Antichrist comes to rule those ten kings, and he kills three of them. He will subdue three of the kingdoms. Daniel chapter 7 verse 25. Again, this angel speaking to him about the Antichrist. And he shall speak great words against the Most High. So the Antichrist is speaking blasphemy against Jesus and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. He's going to kill the Christians and think to change times and laws and shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of times. So Daniel, speaking of this Antichrist, instructs us that he will kill the saints 
And this Antichrist will look to change times and laws. We don't know exactly what God is telling us here, but I found an interesting scientific article recently. They have taken particles and have made their speed exceed the speed of light. And what this means is that you can actually slow down time. So for example, if somebody were to travel at the speed of light to some distant star, by the time they got there, they would be younger than the people on earth. This verse says the Antichrist will look to change times and laws. Is this speaking of the laws of physical nature? Or is this speaking of the laws that Jesus gave us? For example, the Ten Commandments. We don't know, but it's interesting to think about. And it says, speaking of the saints, they shall be given into the Antichrist's hands until a time and times and the dividing of time. Again, a time being a year and times is two more years, that's three years. And the dividing of time, that's a half a year. So it's three and a half years where he's going to persecute and kill Christians. Revelation chapter 13, 5 and 6 complements Daniel 7, 25 by telling us, and there was given unto him a mouth, speaking of the Antichrist, a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue 40 and two months, three and a half years. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. The Antichrist hates Jesus and all kingdoms and everything he does is to blaspheme God. Now God has to judge that, of course. Daniel 7, verse 26. But the judgment shall sit and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy until the end. So finally, judgment day comes. The seven-year tribulation is done. The battle of Armageddon is at hand. And God says, judgment shall sit. You know, the Bible says, again, there's appointed on man once to die and after the judgment. And here, it's the Antichrist day. It's his appointed time to die. And after this, now he will be judged. And God will take away his dominion. And his dominion was to consume and to destroy. And Hebrews 9.27, this is what we just discussed. It is appointed unto men once to die. We're all going to die and we will all be judged. Daniel 7 verse 27, this is speaking about Jesus' kingdom and the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. So this Antichrist kingdom, which was total destruction of the people on the earth, is going to be replaced by Jesus' kingdom. If you are a Christian today, you become a joint heir with Christ. All the things that the Father gives to the Son the Son will share with us Christians as joint heirs. We will rule with the Most High. And this kingdom is going to be the greatest kingdom ever, and it shall never be destroyed. Now, the last verse of this chapter, 
Daniel 7, verse 28. Hitherto is the end of the matter. So now we're coming to the conclusion of chapter 7. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much trouble me. Cogitations being his thoughts, his remembrances, how he's going over in his mind all of the things of the vision. They much troubled him. And it says, my countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. Do you remember when Jesus was with Mary and Joseph in Jerusalem and he was 12 years old and Mary and Joseph had left Jerusalem to go back home and Joseph had gone one way and Mary had gone another way and when they were one day's journey on their way to Nazareth, they got together and Mary said, hey, Joseph, where's Jesus? And Joseph said, well, I thought he was with you. So they had to go back to Jerusalem and they spent another day looking for Jesus and finally they found him and Mary was a little bit upset, typically as any mother would be, right? Distraught for several days. And she was asking Jesus, are you thinking about considering us? And Jesus said to her, know ye not that I must be about my father's business? And it says Mary held these things in her heart. She thought about them many, many times going into the future for the next 21 years before Jesus went to the cross. She thought about these things. And it reminds us here that Daniel says, I kept the matter in my heart. He thought about this the rest of his life, about this great vision. And God didn't reveal to him all the things, their meanings, as we will learn in future chapters. God says, you know, I've showed you many things, but you have to wait until after your resurrection to learn the mystery of many of the other things that I'm showing you. But God is good. Today, the Bible is complete. We can open up the Bible and study the Bible and we can become Bereans and the Holy Spirit will reveal to us as we study all the great things in his word. Many of the mysteries that were not understandable when Daniel was alive have now been revealed to us. The Bible is complete. It's 39 books in the Old Testament and 27 in the New Testament, and we can study them. The Bible says to us, study to show yourself approved unto God. We need to study the word and hide it in our heart so we don't sin against God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this wonderful chapter. There's so much truth and so much revelation of the future that will come. And just as these kingdoms that you foretold to Daniel have already through prophecy been fulfilled, this fourth kingdom will be resurrected and the Antichrist one day will rule the world as a world dictator. And yet you tell us at the end of that seven-year tribulation period, you will return and you will rule and you will usher in your eternal kingdom and all the Christians will participate in ruling in that kingdom forever. Father, thank you for sending your son to die on the cross. Jesus, thank you for being faithful to do your Father's will and that your Holy Spirit be with us. Father, don't let us sin. Don't let us quench your spirit, but indeed that you would bless us mightily, especially this Christmas season time. We love you, God. Protect our families. And thank you for your word. Amen.